Welcome to First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast. I'm your host, James Gardner, certified athletic therapist, certified strength and conditioning specialist, yoga instructor, human being. This platform, for the pros, by the pros, anybody in the performance space, and beyond. Welcome here to share in the stories of professionals, experiences, journeys, learning along the way. It's a platform to connect, to network, and to be a part of a community that cares with conversations that matter, experiences that resonate, and generate ideas, thought-provoking, organic dialogue, passionate probes. Brought to you as always by First Star Therapy, Mobility Tape, Epic, and Benchmark Athletics. In association with the Canadian Athletic Therapist Association, it's First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for being a part of it. Brought to you by First Star Therapy. I'm your host, James Gardner, and this is a platform for the pros, by the pros. Passionate pros, organic dialogue. Let's chat. Thanks for listening. Let's roll. Welcome to First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy roundtable, session 67 with Ryan Metzger this evening, Sunday, Easter Sunday. Happy Easter to everybody who's celebrating that. Happy lockdown to everybody in Ontario. Happy spring, happy sun, happy everything uh, to everybody else. Appreciate you being here live. Everybody's picking this up on the podcast. Uh, Really, truly um, appreciate that. Grateful for all the listening and all the support and and all the feedback with this platform. Uh, Before we get going, let's get to our sponsors. As always, brought to you by First Star Therapy, our primary sponsor, Mobility Tape, the only heat-activated kinesiology tape on the market, and their newest product, Mobility Tape for Her, released just this Thursday. Uh, Check them out at Mobility Tape for Her. Also brought to you by Live Epic. That's live.epic. Check them out for all your lifestyle needs and benchmark athletics. Brought to you in association with the Canadian Athletic Therapists Association. Our guest this evening, Ryan Metzger, Senior Assistant of Olympic Sports Strength and Conditioning. Ryan is in her second year as the Senior Assistant of Olympic Sports Strength and Conditioning at Clemson University. She's directly responsible for the strength and conditioning efforts of softball and women's soccer, as well as having direct oversight of all volunteer interns. Ryan previously served as an Assistant Sports Performance Coach at Virginia Commonwealth University, where she was directly responsible for field hockey, women's lacrosse, cross country, and track and field. She was also the intern director for Olympic sports. Prior to VCU, she served as a graduate assistant at the University of Kentucky, working with several programs, including football, women's basketball, volleyball, and women's soccer. She earned her master's in exercise physiology while at Kentucky. During her undergrad, Metzger was a gymnast at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh, where she earned her bachelor's in exercise science and health promotion with a minor in strength and conditioning in 2011. In addition, she served as an intern strength and conditioning coach working primarily with football. 
She's continued to stay competitive in athletics and currently competes in Olympic weightlifting. She's competed in multiple national events and most recently finished second in the snatch and third in total at the 2018 American Open Finals. We can get an update on that as we come through this conversation. Ryan Metzger currently holds her CSCS and RSCA designations through the NSCA. She's also a level one sports performance coach through the USAW and is FMS level one certified, FCS certified, as well as being first aid, CPR, and AED certified. Ryan Metzger, welcome aboard. Pleasure having you. I'll let you say hello, and then we'll jump in. Oh, thank you. Yeah, hello, and happy Sunday to everybody. Yeah, here we go. Um, a Sunday that you got off, as we were talking just before <laughs> you jumped on here, finally, maybe one in, in how long? When was the last day you had off? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the standard college uh, college uh, support staff response. So uh, glad you got one. And um, rolling through the weekend, I sort of follow since connecting with you um, and you being in charge of softball. You guys swept UNC, right, in four games and things are rolling mm-hmm. along. Uh, h- how's that going? How's the season going? What is sports like? Because we don't know what that's like up here um, yeah. in the collegiate space. Yeah, Uh First, I'm like so excited about softball. So I'm glad that you brought that up first. I don't know if you are aware, but softball is a brand new program at Clemson. So actually last year was their first competitive season and it got cut short because of COVID. Um, So we were about a month into the season and everything was shut down. And so the entire team, you know, had been working with me from that previous summer And even beyond, some of the athletes were there before I even got to Clemson and they were working, waiting for this season and it just got cut. So my my wish for them this year was that they would be able to compete in a full season and they have been outstanding. Um, They are a dominant force in the ACC, which is the Power Five conference that Clemson is in. Um, We have had one of the longest winning streaks in the nation. Um, Sadly, it got broken the other week, but we are back on track. Hopefully we did sweep this weekend. Um, They're a talented group, and I'm just so so excited to see what the spring brings for them. So it's been great. Yeah, awesome. I was reading that. I wanted to double check that with you in terms of that being a new program. Um, Clemson, obviously known for uh, a lot of... um, uh, you know, high flying athletes, a lot of championships in a lot of different sports and, and softball being new. That's amazing. You got a season rolling and the team rolling, uh, obviously, in part to what you're doing with them uh, on the floor, away from the field um, and these kind of things. So kudos to you and, and congratulations. And, and the new winning streak hopefully turns into a longer winning streak and, and just rolls right on through uh, into into something bigger. So um, I, I want to just step away from Clemson for a minute and get back to your story um, before we dive into sort of some of those other things and your interactions in, in that space. But um, you're from the Midwest originally, right? And then you went sort of a little bit further Midwest, bordering on South at the University of Kentucky, and then went South all the way down now at Clemson University for those up here in Canada who aren't aware that's in South Carolina, um, the Tigers of, of Clemson University. So uh, how did that navigation work for you? Obviously, like Wisconsin in your undergrad, uh, gymnast, um, how has that sort of I don't know, how has that perpetuated your drive to sort of continue on in, in the collegiate space? And what have you sort of picked up on as you've gone sort of school to school, but you've stayed in the collegiate space for, for a good amount of time now? 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, so my journey obviously started in the Midwest. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Um, so I did take a move up north, a slight north. So I went into Wisconsin and did my undergrad at Wisconsin Oshkosh and I pursued gymnastics there. Um, gymnastics has been part of my life since I was five years old. Uh, my mom was a gymnast and she was really the one that taught me to begin. And I just started going to clubs, started competing, and just really enjoyed that aspect of my life. Um, but I understood from an early age that education was so important and that honestly, as much as I loved gymnastics, I wasn't at the level that it was going to be a career for me. Um, and the likelihood that it would is so small when you're at a sport that is such gymnastics. Um, so I just wanted to continue it in my collegiate experience, but I didn't want it to consume my life. So I understood how important it was to go to a school that offered really great education. And that's why I chose the school that I did. Um, so I ended up going to Wisconsin Oshkosh. It's a D3 school in Wisconsin. I had a really great experience there and being part of the gymnastics team there really allowed me the exposure into strength and conditioning because I had a strength and conditioning coach um, and he was the strength and conditioning coach for all of the sports there. And I just really enjoyed my um, interactions with him. And I always joke around about how I was like the hooligan athlete that probably if I was a strength coach, I wouldn't have wanted to coach <laughs> because I always would like talk during the lift and constantly question everything and like cut my reps and not count anything and I think I was doing it more so because I, I just wanted to do so much more than what we were doing. Um, so I, I had a conversation with Steve Brown, and he's still there. Um, we talked a lot about his career path and how did he get involved. And I just knew that I wanted to be part of it. And I knew that if I got to be, I would really kind of um, tighten up my, my radical ways in the weight room. So he allowed me the ability to come in and train on my own my senior year and just um, – really play around with the weights and be involved with other teams. And I think that helped a lot. So, I mean, that was part of it. Um, after that experience, I really realized how much I enjoyed being at the collegiate level and just having an impact with these athletes. And so at the time they were my peers, but as I've gotten older, I realized that I can reflect back on college and understand how impactful that time period is for those individuals. And it's just super important to me to, even if I have the smallest hand in it, but just like getting to see their success and just know that in some realm, maybe I helped a little bit and just had an impression. Um, so that's really what it was for me at the end of my undergrad. I applied to um, intern at the University of Kentucky and I was so green and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I didn't know that they were a power five school in the SEC. I did not understand division one athletics because I came from a D3 world. Um, I, I wore an orange shirt on my very first day. And if you guys don't know, that is a big no-no because Kentucky is blue. Um, so like just things of wearing the right colors were just so over my head. Um, but I really enjoyed the experience of being with those high-level athletes. And that I think was part of why I decided to pursue that. Um, I have a love for football. It's one of my favorite sports, American football. Um, you know, I just got to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite sports to watch. And I got exposure with football at Wisconsin Oshkosh 
And I was lucky to have the same experience at the University of Kentucky and work with their football program too. Um, and I think it, it seemed a little odd. I'm this football, you know, this female working in this football world and I'm, you know, five foot two and I was blonde at the time and I'm just whatever, but I'm like in the weight room working with these really, really awesome athletes. And it just was something that I constantly wanted more of. Um, and so after my time with football, I actually did interview for the position at VCU with um, Tim Contos. And I know that hopefully we'll get to him in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm me a chance and I was a young strength coach just looking for an opportunity and he was the one that provided me for that um, opportunity and I got to be at VCU for four years and um, work with both male and female athletes and they don't have football there and the question came up was you know would I be okay with not working with those types of athletes and I think I did all right Um, (laughs) and then uh, eventually you know I decided it was time to to move on um, to a really big program. And I decided to take a chance on Clemson and they took a chance on me and um, here we are. So um, I don't work with football here, but I do work with women's soccer, um, which is super, super awesome. And as you had mentioned, softball as well. So that's a really long version of (laughs) where they started to where they are. Yeah, no, not even long, like just uh, powerful, obviously, to sort of track you from your undergrad into your your postgrad, and then now into sort of the professional world and, and a lot of great takeaways from from all of those points and some things that I'd love to go, uh, I don't know, off the path or onto the path and just sort of jump, <laughs> jump down and, and, and it being Easter and all like rabbit holes and, and just do these things. So um, you, you touched on some amazing points and, and here in Canada, sports has its power, but but certainly not to the level that the U.S. has in terms of the infrastructure, the money that goes into it, the advertising and all these other things. Um, but the dream for a lot of athletes here is to is to follow that path and, and get to Division One and get to a Power Five or get to a major school with the with the orange shirt or the blue shirt or whatever shirt they're going to give away with with a with a Wildcat or a Tiger, whatever type of, of, of feline you're working for, you know, and and um, I think you know, you talked about the likelihood and your acknowledgement of sort of the likelihood of the pro dream, right? Like when you're coming out of high school and going in, knowing that this isn't going to be a, a, a professional lifestyle for you in the gymnastic space. Um, is that a heavy focus as you transition to like VCU and then Kentucky and then Clemson? Is that pretty prevalent still in terms of those athletes, the desire to get to pro or is there some level of realization that, you know, these are the best years. This is where you're most likely going to end, or is it still like push, 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 push? Where does that where does that lie? Sort of, I don't know. Generally speaking, I think you see a bit of separation when it comes from working at a really dominant Power Five school versus a mid major university, just because the um, the level of athlete is going to be a little different. And so, what I've noticed is I believe when athletes come in their freshman year at a school like Clemson, they may have these really bright eyes and that really is their goal. And I think after, you know, playing a season or just even training with other athletes, um, they start to almost realize maybe where they fall. And if they are still at the top of the, the pecking order, maybe they still have that dream. But a lot of times I think you find that people come into these situations and they, 
it may have been like the big fish in the small pond and they've always been at the top and they've always been like that all-star athlete. And then, you know, they get around a bunch of other really, really great athletes and there's potential that someone's going to be better than you. And there, there is a realization for a lot of them that, Hey, you know, I'm going to be in college and pursue this in college, but I'm also going to get a really great education. Cause I know that I'm done after college, but at this level, there is the ability to turn professional. Um, and I actually have just had one of my athletes do that this past spring. So, I mean, it is a realization that these people can eventually get into the professional setting. Um, but I think it, it really comes down to how those four years or three years or however long you're in college mold you and what your um, focus becomes. Yeah, absolutely. Great share. And and that molding and that education, obviously being primary for um, somebody who realize it, other people who utilize the athletic prowess to get them to the education and then may realize it while they're there. Um, but then your role as a strength coach is, is educational beyond, I think, what most people comprehend. Because for me, I've been at it for a while now and stepping back in that reflection piece that you even touched on, um, on how valuable this period of people's lives are, like you, you've had that, you've stepped, you know, you've gotten older. So you've been there, you've done that, and now you can reflect back. Um, that educational piece from a coaching standpoint beyond reps and sets, um, how critical is that through your education? How critical was were and are those relationships with somebody like Steve Brown at, at, at Wisconsin and then Tim Contos? And then, you know, now you're at Clemson, you're at a big school where there's potentially there's different driving factors behind what's going on. But let's just come back around to that piece of like the relationships and the education away from let me spot, let me give you some a program. Where does that take you and 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 how do you embed those relationships or how do you enhance those relationships through your work? Yeah. I mean, I've said it so many times, the field of strength and conditioning and coaching in general is really a service, um, you know, industry and you are really helping these people beyond just developing them as an athlete, but you really want to develop them as a, as a human, as a person, um, help them with any skill sets that are going to, be useful to them beyond their college years. And so really forming great relationships with these athletes is I think what drives my why behind what I do. Um, it is a lot more than, like you said, the counting their reps and the sets. And I actually just had a discussion with my athletes about like, I didn't become a strength coach just to count. Like there's <laughs> that goes into this for you guys. Um, but it's more so about developing and molding that that human and that person. And there's a lot of things that we do as far as, you know, keeping our athletes accountable and forcing them to be responsible and take ownership of your actions. And just, you know, I want them to, to have a really great time when they're with me and when I'm coaching them and all of that great stuff. And like I said, I want them to succeed in their sport, but at the end of the day, um, a lot of the people that we turn out, they're going to end up, you know, going into the workforce and doing whatever it is that they're going to do. And they need to have a certain skill set. Um, so I really try to, to drive a lot of that home um, through my coaching. Absolutely. Amazing response. And, and I think, you know, I'm going to highlight that one. Um, 
that human first mentality can get lost, obviously, in, in big schools and where professional sports and, and outcome based um, decisions are made. Um, but that educational piece behind the scene, that why for you is, is so amazing. And this is why we've connected, you know, we connected through, um, through Tim Contos, who, who was on previously as a guest as, and yeah. he's, he does some amazing work at Virginia Commonwealth, but, but take away, take away Virginia Commonwealth. And we connected just through, you know, through social media and then started talking on a regular basis. And, and he said, you know, who you got to talk, you got to meet Ryan. Like she's amazing. She was here. She's down at Clemson now. And, um, what, what about mentors for you? What, what lessons do you take away? And, and without, obviously we don't want to force ourselves on anybody as a mentor, but, um, when you have the opportunity to work with some amazing people like that, how, how does that pay forward? I guess is kind of my question or, or in what ways have you sort of noticed, Oh, that was a contosism when you're on the floor <laughs> or something like that. Um, how, how does that happen in your world? And obviously that's, that's critical to where you are today. So um, just speak on sort of mentorship and, and, and that piece and how that's been, you know, either a small part or a large part of, of where you're at. Yeah. I think, you know, having really great mentors is super important, especially in the field that I'm in um, because there's so much that deals with networking and um, kind of the, the tree that you come off of, if we want to say that or not. But when I was at the university of Kentucky, like I said, I really just emailed them on, on a whim and I didn't have much information about them. And it, so happened that the director of Olympic sports at Kentucky was a female. Um, and I think having a woman in a powerful position that was leading an entire department had such an impact for me at that time um, because I, I looked at her so often and was just in awe of everything that she was doing and her presence. And I wanted to be like that. And I think that was a lot of the driving force behind why I do what I do and continue to try to accomplish certain things is because very, very early on, I had it ingrained in me that she did this, I can do this. Um, so I know that I look back at her for a lot of things and I see a lot of, her name is um, Stephanie Tracy Simmons. So I see a lot of Coach Tracy come out in a lot of what I do, whether it's the way that I speak or um, my organizational skills, because she was just so on top of everything. Um, and I really just wanted to be like her. And then moving to Kentucky on the football side, um, you know, I think sometimes strength coaches on the football side might have this stigma that they're like really tough and they're no nonsense and, you know, whatever. And the strength and conditioning coach that I worked with at Kentucky, again, was really, really interested in building the individual. And so there were many times where I was in the weight room and doing, you know, your regular intern stuff and setting up and breaking down and coaching and doing these things. But off of the floor, like there were so many times where he was like, do you know how much value you bring as a person? Do you understand the characteristics that you have as a person that goes beyond coaching? And he just helped to develop that side of things and really give me confidence in who I was as a coach. And then moving to Coach Contos at VCU, I don't think I could have asked for a better boss or like mentor for my first real position in strength and conditioning because he was so patient and there was never any type of judgment that I felt from him. Like I took, he was able to take the pressure off me of feeling like I needed to be perfect and know everything because I was so young in my career. Like I, I don't know, every, I still don't know everything. Um, there's a lot of questions that I constantly have and I'm still learning, but to have a mentor like him so early on that made it okay to 
make mistakes and to ask questions and to not know the answer to something and for him to sit down and teach me certain principles of things like I just so value his time to do that for me because he understood that he was developing a young coach as well as person. Um, so mentorship is, is huge. And as far as the role that it plays now, you know, I see myself being in a position where I've got these new interns and these younger assistants and all of these graduate assistants. And it's like, I know that I'm not perfect in what I do and how I handle situations, but I at least want to be someone that they can reference back to and shoot a text off to or ask a question to and just be a sounding board for them and hopefully be impactful in the way that my mentors were for me. Yeah, accessibility. And, and I think the one thing that stood out with with Tim just in our, you know, recent navigation of a, of a friendship and, and sort of a collegial relationship is is knowing that his time is is important, but also that yours is important. And I'm sure you felt that on a regular basis as an intern and as a strength coach. And, and, and that was one thing that I took away from our, from our, uh, from our brief conversations and, um, and and then to come around to sort of this tree and and having uh, Stephanie uh, in a position as a woman, like this is absolutely amazing that we have these mentors to look up to and that you can look up to and, um, and always, and see yourself in that position, in those shoes. Um, You know, Friday, I had, an opportunity to, to host um, part one of three of our women in sports series uh, with one of our Olympic athletes hosting. I stepped into the background. She hosted uh, an amazing PT up here in Canada um, talking about hormones and, and um, cycles and periods and things that don't get talked about a lot in the mainstream really, or have like some sort of, you know, male um, bias on, on how they're talked about or when they're talked about. And so it was really cool to sort of unveil that and sort of for myself and for other people to just have that as, you know, this is a conversation that needs to be heard. And, and to the same boat, um, uh, the women's national championship in, in basketball, I think was just wrapping up when we got on here, or just wrapped up um, right now. And, and what an amazing sort of event in terms of um, the quality of the sport, the quality of the human beings and, and having leaders available to, to young women and to women in the sports space like this is this is brilliant and having you here and um, I'll extend the offer again here live to if you're available and if you're willing um, to come on our panel on the 16th uh, Friday afternoon the 16th uh, part three of that series um, you had said maybe if your schedule allows it, we, we'd love to have you on and, and uh, small, but mighty, right? Like five foot two and working among some, some, uh, some, some big, some big men at, at Kentucky, some amazing athletes everywhere you've gone and uh, amazing mentors along the way. So I'm sure you're doing the same for, for all of those interns. Now at Clemson, you have uh, a, a pretty big program, um, a, a large school, um, like you said, power five, um, how many interns do you look after and what does that program look like? It's obviously quite robust. And, and what does that, how does that play out? Uh, what percentage of your time does that take up? Is it sort of, how does that, how does that work? Oh goodness. So we definitely have a um, robust curriculum. I will say that for sure. Um, it has grown so much and internship curriculums across the nation for, for strength and conditioning have grown. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that I had any formal education when I was interning and it was, I think I gave like two presentations ever. Um, So it's really grown. Um, But as far as, you know, how many interns, it really depends on the semester. We usually try to sit around four. Um, Actually this summer, I'm so excited about this 
we have, I believe, six female interns coming in for our summer semester. So that is unheard of. Um, none of the men took up my offer to come, come intern at Clemson. So it's all an all women's class. Um, but with all of that, I mean, it's constantly evolving. We do have this outline that, um, we do post on social media and is it a strict outline? Absolutely not. It is so fluid and things change day to day. And there are times that, you know, I'm a week behind on the curriculum and it's just, happens. Um, so, but we try to catch up and we try to do our best with all of that stuff. And, you know, for the summer, we're going to have a lot more time available to us um, to work with the interns. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, we have a ton of different like PowerPoints and things that we want to touch upon there. Um, but as far as the time commitment, um, we've been a little limited because our interns are so active with our groups and our groups have been stretched out throughout the day because of all of the protocols that we need to follow. Mm -hmm. So are we talking to the interns as often as maybe a previous semester? Maybe not, but are we still getting all of the talks in? Absolutely. Are we still trying to stay on track? Absolutely. Um, Would I love to give more to them? Yes. Um, and I, and I plan to do so for the summer. Um, but yeah, so, so. Nice. I think like, like, like finding, finding a way, um, to value through value. Like that sounds amazing. Do you take old guys? Like, do you take old guys on as interns? Can, can a guy like, yeah, I gotta, you gotta let us know where these applications are. And and do you have, do you take, uh, Canadians, do they have to be inter? They have to be Clemson students. How does it work? Just for anybody who may be interested through this conversation or into the future. Yeah, so we post on um, a couple of strength and conditioning websites where you for for internships. Um, actually, our posting for the summer has closed, so right. we are full for the summer. But we always post them um, for every fall and spring and summer. And you can find them on the CSCCA website. Um, You can find it through our social media with Clemson Ollie Strength. Um, And you just go ahead and give us a resume, references, and a cover letter. And um, we really like to see people that want to be strength coaches. So um, that's what I look for on paper. And after we go through that on paper, we usually have a Zoom interview, which you know, thanks to COVID, we all know how to Zoom. Um, yeah, yeah, here we are. Good Zoom interview. Uh, <laughs> we decide if we move forward as a staff on bringing you on. So it's really open to anybody that applies. Um, um, amazing. And, and and that handle for anybody out there is at Clemson O-L-Y strength. So Clemson yes. Oli strength. Um, we'll get to yours as well if you're comfortable handing that one out uh, towards the end, <laughs> if you're cool with that. Um, yeah. I, 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 I love this. I think internships don't stop. I had an opportunity through COVID again, like things were slowing down and, and I wouldn't have had an opportunity to do this, but I actually went back and did an internship with a strength and conditioning program here in, in Canada and in Ontario last summer as an old guy and just like trying to, trying to keep up with the language and, and more than anything else from from my end is how we're educating people because that part matters you know and how we stay relevant and how we cue and how we coach and how we talk to people who want to coach where does the value lie and 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 a lot of the points that you've brought up have been um, emphasized through that so um internships don't end and internships you don't have to be young to do those and learning you don't definitely don't have to to stop doing any of that stuff um 
uh, amazing, amazing shares uh, to this point. Let's let's jump uh, let's jump a little bit away from all of that and come around to uh, um, takeaways as an athlete, takeaways as a strength coach, and how those have emerged. Like when you're in school, um, you had uh, Steve, right? I think you mentioned Steve Brown back at Wisconsin, um, and, and you mentioned sort of. Uh, let's change this up a little bit. You mentioned sort of cutting reps and being a bit of the hooligan on the floor, which I love. I think that's great. And and we all know those athletes. And at the same time, like ruling with an iron fist doesn't work. Like you, you can tell that, that athlete to do all their reps and, and watch them like a hawk and they're still going to find a way around it. So how do you navigate those scenarios now as a coach, um, you know, in terms of, you know, whether it's that hooligan athlete or, or just addressing some of the things that you lived as an athlete and like, does that work? Is that easy for you because you've lived it? Um, yeah. So, I mean, with coach Brown, I like, like I had said, so my freshman and sophomore year, we were doing a bunch of stuff in the weight room that I totally loved. I love Olympic lifting. I know that we talked about it. We were doing it yeah. and we got away from it because some of the athletes were complaining about it. And I just really didn't understand why we needed to change. And so we were doing things that I just really wasn't interested in. And I think Coach Brown understood that I was being the rebel that I was because I wanted other stuff. And so he didn't, you know, handle me with like, you know, you said that iron fist and he wasn't like ever rude about it or mad or upset with me about it. Um, but it was more so like we had a conversation later and that's where he was like, why don't you just come in on your own and like do this stuff if that's what you want. Cause if that keeps you in line, you're a leader on this team, you're an upperclassman, like we'll figure out a way for that to work. So I think he understood and he was patient with me. Um, but as far as, you know, athletes doing that now, um, as you said, the approach doesn't work the same for everybody. And so the way that I coach my softball team is going to be different than the way that I coach my soccer team. At times, I try to be the same person, but they are not all the same people. Right. Um, so the way that, you know, you handle a situation of someone cutting reps may be different. Um, and it can be something, you know, where I'm addressing the entire group because, I'm annoyed that multiple people are doing it. And so I stop everybody and we talk about it. And that's where I'm like, I'm not here to count reps. Um, or you, you have a side conversation. And I think it's really important to understand which one you need to do because you have to be able to gauge that athlete and have those relationships built in like you talked about. Um, so there's different ways to come about things. And some people really do respond well to that iron fist coming down and being that yeller and being whatever. And some people really just want a little bit of compassion and understanding and a, and a one-on-one conversation. So you have to be able to read your athlete. Um, that way. Yeah, no, it's the art form that goes beyond again, that education piece as a coach, as a, as a practitioner, as somebody in the space working with other human beings, like there's always an art to it that goes far beyond the science of, of training and, and all of these other things. And, and I always go back to like, it's boxing gloves for some and it's oven mitts for others, right? Like you just gotta, you gotta know your athletes. You gotta know the human being that you're dealing with in order to make the most impact. And, um, and that's something that, that takes time as a coach as well to reflect, right? Like your first year out, you're trying to do everything right. You got a lot of different things coming at you in terms of how you're trying to establish yourself. But as you get a little further in, um, maybe we start to reflect uh, a little bit more uh, on 
uh, on those things. And I think the human first approach goes uh, such a long way. So um, you, let's get to you and weightlifting and you're an Olympic lifter. You're, you're doing this thing. You have, uh, you're throwing weights around like they don't matter. And uh, where that obviously was, you mentioned it in, in gymnastics and at, at Wisconsin Oshkosh, um, you compete now. So how is the training going for that? How do you manage to train for that when you're training, uh, when you're training a softball team that's in the top 20, if not top 15 now, uh, a soccer program that's always on the board in terms of, um, you know, success on the field? Uh, where do you fit it in and, and how's it looking uh, currently? Yeah, it's been really tough. Um, I'm not even going to sugarcoat that. Uh, <laughs> am I great with consistency? Absolutely not. Um, so really early on, I mean, I, I told this story a while ago to someone, but my like love for weights and the barbell really came from me wanting to be like my older siblings. So I have two older brothers. They're nine and 10 years older than me. And they were like the coolest people I knew growing up and they lifted and I wanted to be like them. Um, so that's where it started. And then, you know, Olympic lifting, I got introduced to with coach Brown and we really utilized that for our freshman and sophomore year and changed it. And then I didn't really touch the weights, um, like that again until I got to Kentucky and, uh, the interesting story about Kentucky is that they had a graduate assistant position open and they, you know, were looking at me potentially for it and mentioned that the person that is filling this graduate assistant position, they wanted them to compete in Olympic lifting and would I be interested? And I said, sure. I like, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I knew that I wanted to be the grad assistant. And if that's what I needed to do, that's what I was going to do. Okay. Uh, I was happy to, to take on that role and also to get a barbell back in my hands and really start competing. So I think I started competing in 2012. Um, and honestly, at that time, weightlifting just wasn't really popular and you could be like a mediocre weightlifter and still be on the national stage mm-hmm. and so much more popularity through so many different avenues and it's gotten very, very competitive. And so keeping up with the demand of that has been really tough. Um, When I was at VCU, I ended up meeting a really great coach that just broke down the technical side of weightlifting, even more so than I had already done. And I had a schedule that allowed me to train twice a day. So that was like amazing. My body loved it. I had really great responses to it. Um, But then when I took my position at Clemson, just there just so much more involvement in sport. There's a lot of change. Um, my position is different at Clemson than it was at VCU. Right. So the responsibilities that I have are different. And so, especially as of late with COVID, we got kicked out of our facility. Um, I had to lift outside a lot or I just wasn't lifting. Um, so that's been really tough. And then trying to just get back to that consistency um, really has been a struggle for me. And, and I think I've qualified for the American open again. Um, but I, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to sugarcoat. It's been very rough. Um, am I happy with where I am at? No, I, I would, I wish I was back at other numbers, but we will get there. 
sacrificing yours for others goes a long long way too so those other numbers matter right and and that win streak and and being around those athletes and being support for them um i think that's a part of the practitioner's lifestyle again that doesn't get enough credit in in the space of of what you do of what we do um in this space and that's the that supportive role and and how much you sacrifice on your end to to be there for um those athletes and and way beyond reps and sets so uh, on behalf of of your athletes on behalf of everybody that's impacted by you and has impacted you like i'll thank you for your time and <laughs> and all of those things that you do because i think it, it honestly goes so so far beyond the time you spend on the floor you know you're committed to to what you do you're committed to all of those athletes and knowing them as human beings um you're there for the ups you're there for the downs and you're also kind of like that normalcy for them as well when, when things are up or down and and i think that's that's a bit of a, a weight pun intended that we that we carry around in this in this space and um uh, I, I don't think it's an easy role. And I think it's amazing for you to come on here and share your story with us and, and, uh, and be open and vulnerable enough to, to say like, ah, I suck a little bit right now with my own stuff, but <laughs> I'm really, really good with some other stuff. And I think that's, yeah. that's, that's amazing. And um, yeah, so uh, we'll just take a little pause here just for a second. Let me just jump into what's coming next in this program and then come back around a few more questions for you before we let you run away. Um, we'll have uh, part two of three women in sports going this Friday. Uh, at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time that will be live on Zoom, but also picked up by podcast after the fact. Uh, Olympic medalist, Olympic gold medalist, seven-time world championship participant, Brianne Jenner with Hockey Canada will host dietitian Emily Fulton. Uh, and we're talking optimization for female athletes through nutrition. Um, session 68 will run hopefully next Sunday, just trying to iron that out with Vince Horseman. He is a pitching coach, professional pitching coach. He's pitched in the major leagues with three different ball clubs. Uh, we had the opportunity to work with Vince down in the Blue Jays organization for a few years. Um, so he'll be on with that angle of things uh, next weekend. So this is session 67 with Ryan Metzger, uh, uh, small but mighty, uh, from Clemson University. She is uh, doing amazing things and, and sharing her story here. And um, you mentioned the uh, six female interns coming in, and I think that's beautiful. Uh, I'll going to stay with you on that one and, and would love to see how that one turns out. Uh, Stanford just wrapped up that game. I just had it in the back of my, in the back corner on my phone. Uh, they wrapped up the women's championship held on, I think at a last, the last second there. And um, women's sports here in Canada is, is definitely getting a push, you know, in terms of um, um, more time in the media, um, all of these things. I've had an opportunity to work uh, at a facility here in Toronto with uh, a number of Hockey Canada athletes. Um, you're working with females uh, as a female. Um, how does that continue to happen into the future? How do we continue to put the spotlight there? How can we help doing that? Do you have any, um, I don't know, advice inside scoop? It, it's amazing to watch athletes perform, no matter male, female, in my opinion, but in terms of how do we continue to push that envelope? Yeah, I mean, having the platform and the space like this that I mean you're providing and really seeking out people to put on here in front of others, I think is super helpful. Um, you know, and the, the seminar, or I guess the female initiative that I'm not sure what you called it. I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> um, yeah, no problem. Yeah, no, but, no. Um, I, you know, I think having an emphasis on the female athlete has become um, something that really is in the spotlight lately. And, you know, 
you can't count women out in sports because they really, really are doing amazing things. And I, and I think it's seen um, firsthand, especially through my softball team and especially through my soccer team. Um, and just to highlight women's soccer uh, this past Saturday, they won their last home game and it is the first time in program history that they have gone undefeated at home. Wow. So, you know, they're really doing amazing things. Yeah. And um, I think it's just important to bring awareness that you can't count someone out because of their gender. Um, they're doing awesome stuff. So that, that, that's yeah. all I'm going to say. Absolutely. And, and some great messaging and, and truly um, only if your schedule allows it, we'd love to have you a part of that panel uh, on the 16th. Don't say yes right now on the air. And so we won't hold you accountable until you're ready to do that. Uh, I know there's a lot going on down there. So soccer wrapping up their home schedule. Softball has probably a few weeks left before it starts moving in towards tournament time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know you had today off and, and we'll wrap this up sort of fairly shortly in the next couple minutes, but um you mentioned the platform and, and things like this. I, I can't take credit for this. It's you giving your time to be here and, and share your story. And I think, again, coming back around to sort of the impetus, the impetus of what this platform provides for Star Let's Chat came about as an opportunity to connect people who may not have otherwise been connected um, and network and get to know people and get to know people's stories because you're ultimately, and I, I'll repeat this weekly if I need to, but you are the expert of your story. And when you tell it, there's expertise in that, no, no matter where it's coming from. It's coming from uh, an authentic place through your experiences and your share of that goes such a long way because that may resonate with that one student who doesn't have a mentor or that um, that practitioner who never thought they could intern at Clemson University with uh, an amazing strength coach who's working with some really high level athletes and and uh, in a space like like you are and so um, I I just I'm I'm humbled I'm grateful that you would take the time to be here um, connect and and begin sort of this collegial friendship uh, into the future and and see what we can build you know across borders and and through a time where it's not a lot of sports going on up here right now besides the the pro space but um there is a plenty of learning that can happen through these types of stories and and it starts with um all of these conversations like yours and sharing sort of your journey and your path and and your passion and your drive and and you spoke about that tree and that you know branching off and it sort of takes you to the NFL always does a great job of like here's Bill Belichick and here's all the offshoots of Bill Belichick and how they're with I don't know 90% of the programs in the NFL now and and uh, I see that very much into your future with the internship and and even with this conversation so um, I'll let you wrap this thing up with any any final thoughts you have and and if you're willing sharing you know any handle social handle or anything like that if people want to reach out if you're okay with that otherwise um i just want to thank you one last time for for being on here for connecting for being willing to share and and for doing all that you do in the space well yeah thank you um for the opportunity and it's been awesome for me um for you to ask me to be on here uh, you know, one of the things that you mentioned that I so loved, and you mentioned it on here as well as through text, was like, you're the expert of your story. Because when you asked me, I was like, I don't I don't know what advice I can offer or like what story I can tell or, you know, what I can contribute. And you're like, well, you're the expert of your story and we would love to hear it. So I think that's a great thing to tell people. And it really is something that is true um, and can help people with confidence to come on to things like this. Um, so thank you again. 
Um, far as Instagram stuff, social media stuff, um, so mine is coach underscore Metz, M-E-T-Z, um, and that is my Instagram handle. You can reach out. Um, I am really bad if you send me messages. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I try. Um, I don't check that part too often, but I will get back to you if you do reach out. Um, and then our Clemson Ollie Strength is our other um, Instagram that I help run. So I will be on there as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's amazing. All. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. And, and for those Canadians out there that uh, haven't learned, Z is also Z. So that's oh, sorry. Uh, no, no problem. No problem. <laughs> coach, coach underscore Mets with a Z. Um, amazing. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. This has been session 67. First star let's chat and athletic therapy round table brought to you by first star therapy. Our primary sponsor, Mobility Tape, now also Mobility Tape for her, Benchmark Athletics, and Epic. Remember to live your Epic, that's E-P-O-C-H, in association with the Canadian Athletic Therapy Association, Session 67, 68 goes next weekend. Part two of three will be in the middle here on Friday. Check us out. Follow us on Instagram. If you're listening, give us a rating. Tell somebody about it. These are stories that matter. These are people that matter. These are things that are making a difference in a time where uh, we can connect with people that we might not have thought we could in the past. So Ryan Metzger, thank you so much. I wish you good night and talk soon. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this community. Check us out online, firststartherapy.com. That's F-I-R-S-T-A-R therapy.com. Or email us with feedback, consult at firststartherapy.com. C-O-N-S-U-L-T at firststartherapy.com. On Instagram at firststar.therapy. And our podcast host at letschat.at. This is First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast.